0: Hey there guys and welcome back to the Travis and Damien podcast episode 55 we are available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien podcast along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more if you guys would like to ask us any questions you can leave a voice message at the anchor link or in the YouTube comment section today we're going to be talking about general gaming news including Vicarious Visions and uh, including Vicarious Visions, Sonic News and Nintendo News then we'll get into our recent activities which includes anime and the like Then, last week, we're going to be talking about WandaVision episode 4 and 5, I believe. Spoiler discussion. So, yeah. Let's first update a news story that literally got updated right after I uploaded the podcast. uh, Is that Xbox Live Gold, the changes that we talked about, uh, where they were going to be pretty much increasing them across all boards, uh, is not going to happen. So... Yeah, I think that people actually voicing their opinion there was valid, and I think that Microsoft got the message that, hey, people don't like it when prices get increased, especially for something like online play. And uh, another thing that people were talking about was how free-to-play games, you needed Xbox Live Gold, so things like Fortnite and Apex, I believe you needed Xbox Live Gold, while with PlayStation, you don't need that. Um, So now they are doing that as well to sort of meet with PlayStation on that level, but yeah, it was definitely very hectic that Friday uh, two weeks ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, like everyone lost it. I mean, like fair, you know, we we mm-hmm. trashed on Microsoft a bit, obviously when this was happening. Everyone was. Um, I I don't really know why they thought it was a smart idea though. Like they straight up doubled the price. Like maybe if they increased it by like five dollars, people would still be upset, but probably be more willing to like accept it. But this is my full greed mode. Like no no no, we're going <laughs> we're going like double their price um so yeah that was really dumb and they reversed it immediately but i just don't really get the point like what what was the point in all of this like Mm -hmm. it's kind of just negative publicity all the way and you know it just i don't see how like who thought this idea and thought it was good like like, why why would you do that definitely Um, i'm happy oh yeah go on
0: yeah yeah definitely like when it comes to microsoft especially it's like you guys have windows right like you guys aren't strapped for (laughs) cash like at all so i feel like that this is definitely just like a greedy move by them
1: yeah, it, it just seems, like, really greedy. And, you know, Microsoft have been pretty good with their, um, you know, just helping helping the gamers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they've been, been <laughs> pro-consumer. Uh, pro that was the word I'm looking for, pro-consumer. Um, so this, like, you know, move kind of just hit out left field because, you know, we weren't used to them being, like, like greedy. But I'm like, oh, yeah, they're all, they're all greedy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you get reminded that none of these corporations are your friends. You know, they're just a business, you know, means to an end. So that was sort of a good reminder to be, like, yeah, they're all out for your money. It just depends on who has the better service or not. And, you know, like I said before, I think Game Pass is still a really good, you know, uh, service. You know, I mm-hmm. have it and I, I use it sometimes. And it's good. You know, you can play the next big, you know, chip Microsoft game for like uh, $10. $10 a month. Yeah, $10 <laughs> a month. So, um, yeah, that definitely isn't a bad deal and you know i think microsoft has a lot of good things going for them in terms of pro consumerness but yeah this that was not one of them and i'm happy they uh listened to everyone and changed the price because yeah again it was not really cool
0: <laughs> yeah definitely you know the i think it was one dollar increase for one month i was like all right like that's not that's not the end of the world sort of deal but when they were like all right there's no more 12 month and the uh 59.99 price point is now six months i was like that seems a little dumb because like i said i think that when you buy those bundles with like the six month or the three month it's no different from just getting the one month so yeah i mean unless you're uh playing xbox live gold like that where you know you're gonna be playing for three six months at a time there is a reason to get that but At that point, you might as well just go and get the one month because it was going to be the same amount of money at the end of the day. Also, when you do the one month, it's sort of like a reminder when you get that sort of like notification or like that thing on like your credit card statement to be like, oh, I am paying for this stupid thing that I have to pay for if I want to play online for console. So, um But yeah, you know, uh, I think yearly subscriptions in general are fine for certain things. Like I don't mind paying yearly for things like Crunchyroll or like Spotify or whatever, uh, because I use that stuff like almost every day. But when it comes to, you know, something like this, where it's sort of like an extra thing, I feel. I mean, like the other things that I said were also extra things, but... Uh, when that when music and anime become like your sort of daily entertainment then it sort of becomes your everyday norm sort of thing
1: <laughs> right yeah it's it's uh no it's a it's a it's a thing <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hard to just say like i honestly think they should just get rid of gold at this point and just put it in game pass but whatever like I, I just don't think xbox Gold. like both at least ps plus like is offering a lot of things and gold just doesn't do that like um what do you call it uh Game Pass is the one that offers everything now, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point in go, this should just, just get rid of it. Move everything to Game Pass and there you go, you'd be set. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, we got more big news here. Vicarious Visions has merged with Blizzard. And even though Vicarious Visions they remade uh Tony Hawk, they did uh, Pro Skater one and two and um Insane Trilogy, right? Yes. Yeah, so they are now merging with uh Blizzard, so they are basically no more, like they're just Blizzard now. Um mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of unfortunate. You know, I think Insane Trilogy and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 were both, like, fantastic remakes. Obviously, I, I don't really have much nostalgia for Pro Skater because I don't really like sports games too much, even though it's not really a sports game. I don't really know how to describe it, but I guess it kind of is. Um, mm-hmm. I was never really, really into that, but I know the people who did play it loved it. And um, Go with the Insane Trilogy, that was a fantastic remake of Crash 1, 2, and 3, so it's kind of sad to see them just, like, they're just Blizzard now. mostly <laughs> we'll when Blizzard's kind of, like, you know... They're Blizzard, <laughs> you know, I don't get too excited when I talk about them anymore, unfortunately. Um, I think there was a rumor that they were they were remaking Diablo 2, and they're going to be using the Vicarious Vision people, but I don't know how true that is. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah
0: definitely sad to see them get merged into blizzard like that because like like you just said the uh, crash insane trilogy i think was done immaculately honestly i think that it was done to the best that they probably could have made it obviously there's differences between the remake and the original ps1 games for better or for worse Uh, and the Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, duology that they just recently released I think was really well received by people who love that series Um, and I can see why because Vicarious Visions uh, they obviously take the care and the time to finish their games and make sure that they are uh, up to tip-top shape and all that stuff so uh, if they are doing a Diablo 2 remake I would not be surprised just because you know they have a sort of expertise in remaking older games Uh, but obviously that is just a rumor uh but it does suck that they are just getting merged into blizzard and they aren't uh you know doing their own stuff anymore because like i just said uh the two remakes that they did in the past five years have been really really good and really really successful for activision so uh them merging them into another subsidiary of activision is kind of dumb in my opinion especially since i feel like that vicarious visions can make a whole lot of other remakes uh if they were tasked to do so so um, but yeah, you know, Blizzard, um, I don't get excited like at all talking about them just because I know that they have done a lot of really scummy and really dumb things. But, uh, you know, when Overwatch 2 comes out, I'm sure a lot of people will forget about that stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to buy it, but you know, whatever, <laughs> it is
0: like, what it yeah, is. Blizzard,
1: Blizzard definitely doesn't get me as excited anymore. Like, you know, obviously I love all their properties, but you know, I think Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 have to be really special for people to like start really, like, giving Blizzard a second chance because they've been pretty pretty bad lately, again, with the whole Hong Kong stuff and just how they treat a lot of their franchises. Um, you know, I still don't forget them for <laughs> sh- uh, shafting StarCraft at this point. <laughs> like, it's still just gone. But, uh, you know, we- we'll see once Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 comes out, but... You know, again, it's just kind of a shame that we lost Vicarious Visions, you know, because they're basically just Blizzard now. So we won't really see them do these great remakes ever, ever I guess. <laughs> um, and it's sad because those are like a blue point, you know, blue point of the people that remade uh, Shadow Colossus and Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they sort of like that. And I was hoping they would probably make their own IP or their own game at some point because, you know, I-, I think they have what it takes because, you know, all their remakes were fantastic. But again, I guess we would never know what would come out of that. So that's very unfortunate
0: yeah all right so next bit of news is a rumor but it seems to be kind of true so the prequel studio that did uh life is strange before the storm deck nine is being handed over the life is strange ip so there is going to be a lot of like technical like uh lawyer mumbo jumbo in here so uh from my understanding is that scray enix uh owns the rights or the sort of franchise ip for life is strange and donut sort of just made the game um, so the reason why this is coming out is because Tencent put a major stake into Don't Nod, which is like 36 million US dollars, which is kind of insane. Um, yeah. So that would allow them to do more self-publishing efforts, you know, have them do whatever weird games that they want to do like. Um, what's it called with uh, Vampire or uh, their most recent title that didn't do so well and I the can't mirror one yeah, yeah. Uh, twin mirrors or something like yeah. that um, so they have more I guess freedom to do what they want and I guess Tencent saw that in them and then gave them a huge bag uh so this definitely raised questions about don't nods really with the life is strange publisher square enix and they own that ip like i said and supposedly they parted ways a long time ago before this 10 cent deal uh was even on the table so yeah i think that uh so first i wanted to like know your opinion about like before the Storm, like, as a game? Because I know a lot of people have mixed opinions on it, um, especially Life is Strange fans, obviously, when it comes to that game in particular, just because it is a prequel to the first game, and uh, it was only, like, three episodes long, so they weren't able to do as much as they would want. So what are your thoughts on Life is Strange before The Storm from, like, what you um, can remember?
1: <laughs> I liked it more than Life is Strange 2. <laughs> I can say that. Uh, again, obviously wasn't as good as Life is Strange 1, which I, I wasn't really expecting that when I was playing it. Because, again it was shorter it was only three episodes and you know it's a prequel so there's only so much you could really do mm-hmm. uh, but I think they did a good job uh expanding the character of uh Rachel was her yes
0: name? Rachel amber
1: yeah <laughs> yeah by by giving her well actual character because you you know you never really meet her in life is strange one due to reasons that I won't get into but yeah you, you don't really meet her so it's, it's nice to see her because you you know she has such a big impact on Chloe that's nice to see like how that happened you know yeah uh, and I thought they did a pretty good job doing going into that stuff um I can't really remember too much else because it's actually been a while since that game came out Yeah. but uh, I yeah I remember liking it I, I liked it and I think Deck Nine has a good a pretty good idea of what makes a good Life is Strange game and if they can make another one which I don't know if they will but if they do make another one I, I, I think it's in pretty okay hands in my opinion so especially since you know I probably wouldn't be saying this if Life is Strange 2 didn't happen or if Life is Strange 2 was better but since the state of Life is Strange 2 was kind of not great mm-hmm. um, you know I, I think it's I'm down with another developer making a uh, life is changed game so
0: yeah i mean you know before the storm was a long time ago uh but i thought that that game was like pretty good especially the first two episodes because it really established chloe and rachel's relationship because you really get to see how their dynamic goes from the beginning and i feel like episode three was a little rushed probably because they only had three episodes to work with and they probably wanted a fourth one Um, But yeah, I think overall what we got to see of Rachel Amber and actually get to know her character, which uh, transitions into the Life is Strange comic where you get to see her interact with Max as well in that uh, sort of series. Uh, in a a, uh, different reality if you will Um, and seeing how she interacts with Max and all that other stuff and actually getting to know Rachel Amber in a game um, I think was very important because in Life is Strange Run it it was just like oh you know like she's the girl that's gone missing sort of thing Um, and Chloe doesn't know where she went and Max and her are just trying to figure out where she went if you will Um, and Deck Nine, I think that uh, for what they did for that game, I think that they actually improved a couple of things within the gameplay and stuff like that when it came to Before the Storm. So uh, with Life is Strange 2 and sort of with the, the sort of mixed reception is what I get from the general internet uh, opinion. Some people hate the game. Some people love it. And I think we're both uh, leaning more towards the negative side, but we're not saying that it's a complete dog game, if you will. Maybe Damien yeah. will. I'm, I'm not sure. But Oh, well, for Life is 2? Yeah. Or-
1: Uh, it's like, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it definitely, yeah, more towards the negative, but yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. It's not complete dog. I could see why people like the game because it does uh, deal with some themes and some uh, ideas well. Um, it's just that, you know, when we were playing it as it was coming out, you know, there were like month long breaks and like, I forgot the characters named Sean and Daniel, like going into episode three, I completely forgot their names. I was like, who the fuck are these characters? God damn it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I feel like if you played the game, like, each episode back-to-back-to-back, you probably had a much better experience than we did. Um, But it's just unfortunate that we can't, you know, go back and sort of replay the game with those sort of eyes. Um, But going back to, you know, Deck Nine and sort of uh, what do I think about them being the sort of IP holders sort of in charge of this series? I'm down, honestly, just because uh, I feel like that Um, If they were to make another Life is Strange game, whether it would be with uh, Max and Chloe, like a game version of like the uh, one ending where you save Chloe over uh, the uh, town. I think that that would be very interesting as opposed to what the comic book did, you know, if, if they could do something different with that um but yeah i think that if they were to do something it would have to be with max and chloe first and then if they want to do something else with these with the uh sort of like uh characters like make new ones or uh go back to sean and daniel who the hell knows you know um i feel like that at first they should probably start with max and chloe because those two characters are still the heart of this franchise and people who love life is strange love those characters and i feel like that if they do anything else uh that isn't them two from the start it's going to be a little wishy washy if you will Mm.
1: Right, like, yeah, I, I feel like you could either go like a Max and Chloe thing, or i I, I honestly think the biggest issue with life streams two was the power, like I've always mentioned this, like mm-hmm. I think telekinesis was dumb and it should have been something more subtle, and that helps with the you know the sort of adventure style game that it is, and i I've always been like, yo, it should be mind reading, I think that would be sick, and I still kind of stand by that and you know, sort of just do what uh live streams one did where you're like in one town doing a thing so you get to know all these characters better um you know i didn't like how life is strange 2 was always on the move i know that was its main theme but it kind of hurt the narrative a lot more since it's really only like um sean and daniel the whole time like yeah, you know you have some characters but you, you never feel as attached to them as you did in life's change one just because you're always in uh, arcadia bay so mm-hmm. i don't know I, I i definitely think there's improvements to do if you do have a whole new cast and i kind of want a whole new cast again but um if they want to do max and clary again i'll also be okay with that because you know obviously i like those characters so it's really up to them where the future of the series is going to lie so i'm i'm pretty interested to see what happens
0: yeah especially since i feel like life is strange like as a franchise you know like this easily could have been like a one-off game and like that was it like there could have been no more but obviously you know square enix are like hey you know like there's money in this shit so (laughs) let's just keep making more games for it which is understandable and i'm all for it just because i feel like that there's a lot that you can do with these characters especially since uh these characters are they feel very much like uh, coming of age you know teenagers obviously within a video game which i don't think is very common within video games like obviously like that's like a trope within like movies and stuff like that because I watch a lot of those coming of age teenage stories where like they're in high school and they're going through shit or whatever. Um, but I feel like within video games, you know, you don't have a lot of those kinds of characters, which is why I think a lot of people connect with Max and Chloe in particular in their sort of relationship and, and dynamic. So uh, Deck Nine, I have full faith in you uh, within whatever you guys do. Hopefully you guys get more than just three episodes to work with because I definitely tell within episode three that of – before the storm that there was a lot that they wanted to do but they could only do within you know one episode
1: yeah and i, I kind of hope they also kind of ditch the episode format mm-hmm. at this point i'd rather have a you know just the whole game together because I, I again i think that was also a big issue with life strange 2 was the constant breaks they kind of really break uh, again it breaks the pace of the story so mm-hmm. if, if they are going to do these type of games i i just ditch the episode format i think it's kind of archaic at this point um so yeah that i i also agree that yeah just just <laughs> either <laughs> all right, either have five episodes or just make it one game i'm kind of tired of the episode format to be honest yeah
0: so. either you know and if you are gonna do the episode format make it weekly just like what with um uh tell me why you know xbox was like all right let's just make this shit weekly because they probably saw what happened with life is strange too they were like oh no they're like delaying episodes and shit and like the break's gonna be longer uh you know so just make sure that the game's finished or if you're gonna do episodes just do it week by week so
1: so, now we got some Nintendo news. <laughs> uh, Nintendo is replacing the 18-year-old online servers. So, yeah, they're replacing... I'm just waiting for that thing to look. Uh, they're replacing Next, which was their multiplayer server. And that's been active since the gamecube era (laughs) the gamecube (laughs) era has been active this thing and they're replacing it with the npln uh like servers i guess Mm -hmm. like upgrading it and the first game that that actually has used it already is the monster rise demo um i actually played a monster rise demo Mm -hmm. i didn't try the online so I i can't really tell you how well it is at the moment but once the full game comes out, I'll definitely uh, share that on the podcast. As uh, this is very exciting news, I think, because yeah. you know, obviously, Nintendo Online is straight up dog. Like, it's, <laughs> it's it's not it's not good. Um, as anyone that has played a Nintendo Online could attest. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's fantastic that they're actually rolling out like a new server. And I think Monster Hunter is a great game to sort of test it, since you know, just like a fighting game, there's a lot of inputs and all that good stuff. So I think. Like, that's a great test of a game to see how well it would work, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, obviously, this is great news. I'm happy Nintendo's finally putting in the money and effort to really update their servers. And, I mean, this should have happened a long time ago. I mean, 18 <laughs> years using the same, like, architecture is, like, straight up just, in, like, baffling. So, I'm, I'm happy they're finally getting with the times, at least. So,
0: Yeah. These uh, multiplayer servers are almost as old as us. We're both 22, and this shit's yeah. 18 years old. So, <laughs> kind of crazy. But I'm not surprised that Nintendo has been using the same server since the GameCube era. Um, and, I mean, it shows, because when people play Switch games online, it, it does feel, you know, somewhat laggy and not exactly stable compared to when you play a game on PC or, you know, something lesser, like on console or whatever. Um, so, they are upgrading their servers, so that is exciting, but... You know, I'm not surprised that they decided to stick around with, you know, the good old, you know, Windows 98 or whatever the fuck they were running on, you know. so, <laughs> um, But yeah, definitely exciting to see if there are any changes or differences for people to notice uh, when these servers actually do go, do go up for like the current Switch games and all of that other stuff. Because I feel like that, you know, Nintendo games online is just like something that people don't like think about as much because it's just not a normal thing which is weird you know like mario party online like that shit sounds really fun but it just hasn't happened yet you know um so yeah hopefully that we get mario party online and hopefully the online itself is just better
1: <laughs> I, I really hope so like like if they do a super mario party 2 or whatever that needs online like mm-hmm. that, like not dumb online not like <laughs> oh you can play like a mini game but only like the five we choose or whatever no i want like real mario party online like i want some good stuff like that but um, yeah if they're gonna do it i have no idea it's still nintendo so you never know
0: <laughs> exactly you know they kept these servers up for 18 years but yeah, uh, we'll move on from there this is something that i found very interesting that i don't think a lot of people are going to be covering uh so nintendo apparently we're developing tv programs starting with a legend of zelda live action tv series for netflix but pulled the plug once it was leaked uh so this comes from uh adam conover uh i've I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name but he's the guy that you probably seen him on, on like commercials on like Adam ruins everything he's oh, he, okay. he's that guy so uh he went on a uh, podcast the uh the surf's podcast or whatever uh and he pretty much talked about on how back in like 2014 2015 uh, uh someone uh so they so he worked at uh, college humor i'm, I'm going to try my best to go and get this story right so he was working at college humor at the time and uh Nintendo approached them to create a Star Fox Claymation series, something like... fantastic mr fox something like that so uh he knew about this project and he knew that you know nintendo were making like a tv program sort of thing and then during this time i guess someone at netflix leaked that a zelda series was being developed which caused nintendo to like panic because i think the last like tv shows that they did was like the super mario show and like all (laughs) like all all of that crap pretty much uh so when they were coming back and like it got leaked like almost instantly they're like oh shit like they just pulled the plug on everything because they were scared, I guess, which is kind of weird. Um, because one guy literally ruined the chance for like all of these like TV shows for like Nintendo IPs to be created. So that got pulled uh, from College Humor, and like there's other things that he talked about during that like sort of segment within the podcast. Like Shigeru Miyamoto went to the College Humor offices, and like he wasn't allowed to go because I guess his like boss said so, which really sucked for him. Um, but yeah, definitely very interesting that you know today like we we could have a zelda series living on netflix right now but like it just didn't happen
1: yeah that that would have been really weird um <laughs> I, I i just don't really know how a zelda series would even work like i know there was mm-hmm. a cartoon in like the 80s but that was like super cheesy and like you know link talk and he's like whoa hey zelda you know like, mm-hmm. like excuse me you're like you know it's dumb right so i don't know how a live action zelda series would even work because um you know zelda really isn't known too much for its story. It does some good plot elements, but it never really focuses on it. And you know, Link is sorta just a silent protagonist. I don't really see him ever talking at this point. Mm -hmm. Even with Breath of the Wild when everyone else is talking. Like it's just I I just can't see Link ever talking at this point. Like he's just that's just who he is, it's a stoic like blank slate. (laughs) That Mm -hmm. that's all Link is to me. Um so I feel like you can't really have a good series just with Link. Maybe you could just focus on Zelda, like like actual Princess Zelda. I don't know. But um I don't know. I, I don't know how a live action series would actually work for Zelda at this point. I know people really want it for some reason but i just don't know how it would work like even as an anime i don't think it would really work uh i just don't think there's enough to like do (laughs) like you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like the fun part about zelda is like doing the dungeons and all that and that kind of gets lost when you're just watching it you know but um i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe it can work as a show but i I can't really see it being entertaining or not entertaining but I i just don't see it being good basically what i'm trying to say Yeah.
0: I mean, I can see that just because, you know, Link is the silent protagonist and the way that Shigeru Miyamoto envisioned Link was that you can place yourself as Link and sort of be in his shoes. Um, And yeah, even like in 2021 with like newer Zelda games, he doesn't talk. So I can see your perspective on that. And uh, you know, a, a live action Zelda series sounds cool, but like you said, in execution, like how would that exactly work? Uh, we obviously don't know the f- sort of plans of what they had for this Netflix show because this is just coming from a guy who worked at College Humor. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that. If it were to work, it he would probably need, like, someone else uh, besides Link to, like, sort of, I guess, communicate or sort of m- move the plot along. Um, but it could also focus on, you know, Zelda and, like, how Hyrule came to be and all that other stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was back in, like, 2014, 2015. So this was before... Breath of the Wild. So they probably could have, like, explored so much of the uh, Zelda story, um, but that probably came into fruition with, like, the games and, like, uh, the Hyrule Warriors game and stuff like that, so... um right. But the... Uh... Oh, no, go on. Do you want to say something? I, I was just
1: going <laughs> to say, like, I, I, I... Like, Zelda has a lot of cool plot things, but they, like, never go into it. Like... You know, I think I mentioned this during the um when I was talking about Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Like there was so much like the Breath of the Wild universe has such like interesting like things going on and I really expected uh Age of Calamity to go into that, but it didn't really do anything. So um <laughs> you know, I think Nintendo is just like afraid of story at this point. Like I just I just don't see how it would make for a compelling like series if like Nintendo doesn't really want it to be like that. I mean, who knows? Maybe like they would have more creative freedom but knowing Nintendo, like I, I don't really know how much they would give them. Yeah. I don't know. It, it it'll be weird. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like it could work and I I would like to see someone try, but uh if it's good, I don't know. I guess we we're just going to have to see if that would ever happen, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, if they ever want to jump back into sort of television programming. Um but I think the Star Fox one was definitely the one that I was very interested in cuz I could see like a sort of claymation sort of, you know, series with the Star Fox characters going, you know, doing missions or whatever you know sort of like a saturday morning cartoon i think that that could work because there's four of them and you know you, you got the main bad guy star wolf and all this other stuff so
1: yeah it it, it could work <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd be interesting to see Nathan ever dives back into a uh, tv yeah um but in unrelated news, and as we get out of Nintendo news, uh, <laughs> Google is adding its first-party game development, closing two studios. So, obviously, this uh, relates to the Stadia, as the Stadia is Google's, like I guess, console, like cloud-based console. Mm-hmm. And it basically just closed its first-party game development. So, a lot of people didn't even know they had a first-party game development studio, but <laughs> apparently they did. And I think this is just showing that Google is seeing that the Stadia really isn't doing too well, that it's not, like it's not enough to invest in future titles i guess or i guess any titles at all so they probably had these studios set up they were probably thinking like what cool i like exclusive ips could be for the stadia but they probably see the stadia numbers are like dropping by a lot and they probably just don't see as worth it as you know google does this a lot where they kind of just abandon like a lot of things if they're not doing like like uh, like hugely well you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um, Yeah, that's probably why they decided to close their first-party games. I mean, Stadia is still a thing, but for how much longer, I'm not too sure. I don't think Stadia is going to be around for, for that much longer, if this is of any indication.
0: Yeah, I think that Google diving into sort of console gaming and, you know, I think that most of the people who uh, are behind Google City, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like that a lot of them were just sort of like high and mighty, you know, like we're Google, you know, like we got this. But like uh, they had people that weren't familiar with the games industry sort of like heading this project and like. It obviously shows because it's not doing so well, Um, especially when you have a streaming gaming service, which is still kind of new. Like a lot of people still don't understand the concept of like streaming games. And when you're streaming games that you have to pay full price for, it's like, why would I do that when I could just buy the game digitally which is doesn't require streaming, and I could just play the game without having to worry about having a constant internet connection, which was like a thing back or like a, five years ago or something like that with like the whole like DRM or whatever the hell that's called, where like you have to be online consistently for like certain single-player games, which is weird. That, like, that was like a whole controversy back in the day. Yeah. I can't exactly remember which year it was, but it was a thing. Um, and that's sort of like what this is, is just that, you're paying $60 for it and it's for a platform that not a lot of people are adapting like at all. And I think that if Google City is to survive and live, it has to be on a subscription-based service where it's like $10, $15 a month. I think $20 is pushing it, to be honest, uh, where you have a large library of games. But even if you have a large library of games, you need something to pull people in, Uh, to your platform like exclusives obviously which is something like epic game store has done where like you know they got like exclusive deals or like you know there's like these free games or like you or this game is coming onto epic game store first rather than steam or whatever so i think that a lot of these like head people at google studio just didn't understand like the history and sort of like the context of the games industry to really fully understand what they needed to do to have Google City succeed, if you will.
1: Yeah, it's um you know like and again Game Pass I think is just a better like it's just a better version of this. Like obviously you have to download the games but again you could play them without any lag or like input delay mm-hmm. um, and and is a subscription based model that's cheaper than like the stadia so I, again i just think game pass is just a better version of this which try to be like sort of like a netflix of like oh you can just play whatever you know oh you don't have to download anything like that's cool but like mm-hmm. I don't want to play it if it's gonna have a bunch of lag or like input delay, you know, because that that just isn't fun for a game. That's that could easily ruin a game. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I think Stadia was just a little too early, you know. I think once we have better internet like across the country, I think it'll be better. But I still think this technology is like at least like another console gen away until we could start reliably uh, reliably doing this. Like same thing with like um, what is it called? PS Now, I think. Mm-hmm. Like even that has a bunch of issues where it's like it's just like really hard to just play the game because we're doing <laughs> it over online and not a lot of people people. people have like you know a wired connection a lot of people are using wi-fi and you know that makes a whole like other issue so yeah uh i just think i I just think stadia came too early i think it's a pretty good idea too early and you know it's google so they're probably just gonna abandon it and like (laughs) from now so yeah definitely pretty sad for the stadia
0: yeah, especially for these game developers that were like, you know, all right, well, you know, Google's trying to sell me on this shit. You know, this is Google we're talking about here. So it's got to be good, right? And then they hop on the project and they're like, all right, so uh, all 150 of you, you got to go. It's like, oh, what the fuck? I just lost my job because I hopped on to this thing that they thought was going to be, you know, pretty good. And it sucks because, you know, now they're, I don't know what they're playing with Stadia is now that, now that they closed two first party studios that were probably working on something, hopefully. Um, yeah uh like what you're saying with ps now like that has problems because uh there's certain games where like you can't have like a, a lot of people on so like there's like a queue time for it which i'm like that's fucking crazy what i have to wait for someone to log off the game for me to play this like single player game from like you know the ps2 era or something like that just seems really weird to me um but yeah streaming games is definitely something too soon still especially since um, you know playstation's still struggling with it. Xbox is you know they have a model for it, but they can work around that model because they're Microsoft so
1: yeah it's 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 definitely like interesting to see you know obviously again- again Google's just gonna drop this so it's gonna be <laughs> interesting to see what other people do it and like actually support it in the features, so
0: yeah. Uh, so now we got some Sonic news. Good thing that I'm covering this. Uh, (laughs) so first up is Roger Craig Smith is stepping down or got let go. I'm not exactly sure what the terminology is, but, uh, he's not, he's, he's no longer voicing Sonic the Hedgehog. So... Um, I was around the Sonic community when Roger Craig Smith first came into the uh, sort of like scene and became the new voice for Sonic. And I'm gonna be honest, his voice for Sonic was not for me. Um, but obviously he has been around for so long. He uh, did obviously the most recent Sonic games. He's been in Sonic Boom and all of that other stuff. And you know he did a fine job, I will say. I'm not gonna say he's my favorite Sonic voice actor just because I think uh, Jason Griffith is my favorite just because that's just the voice that I grew up with for Sonic. Um, And the uh, new guy that did the Sonic movie wasn't that bad either. Um, But yeah, you know, Roger Craig Smith being like, oh, I think that this is a sign that maybe Sega is doing the same thing that they did all those years ago where they brought in Roger Craig Smith and all of the other people except for um, what's his name? Mike Pollock as the Eggman voice actor. They literally replaced the entire Sonic cast. I think that they're just going to do that again and, and just keep the Eggman guy. As well, so
1: <laughs> I, I hope so because uh, Mike Pollock is great as Eggman. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, when, when did he start voicing Sonic? Uh, Roger I don't even
0: remember. Was it, I, I think was it was it after Colors, yes, or oh, not, yes, colors. I think oh, it was it colors? colors. I think it was right after Unleashed. That was the last Sonic game. Um, the other guy voiced, and then Roger Craig Smith came in, and he's been doing it since Colors, I'm pretty sure. So,
1: okay, yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Colors, I think. Um, I mean. I, I think all Sonic voices kind of sound the same. Uh, I, I don't really have a preference. You know, it's always like that cocky, like sort of like, yeah, you know, speeds my game. But, you know, obviously I also grew up with uh, Jason Griffith. You know, I'm kind of, that's the voice I'm most familiar with. But I, I think he did a good job as Sonic. I, I don't really have any um, strong opinion about it. I think he hit all the nails of what Sonic should sound like. And um, hopefully the next guy also sounds like this. You know, if it's a totally radical different voice, it's going to be really weird. But um, hopefully not. Hopefully it's like, you know... uh, a pretty normal sounding Sonic, I guess if that's the way to say it. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it kind of indicates like a new, I guess, a new change in Sonic because usually this happens when um, Sonic is going through some stuff. So you know, he's, he's having a new voice actor. Uh, as we were talking about next, he's gonna have a, a Netflix show, and um, mm. hopefully, this means with the next 3D Sonic game, it could be something good. Hopefully, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, he's been watching Sonic since 2010, which was Sonic Colors, which, goddamn, that game's over 10 years old, which is kind of yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely crazy to us because we remember probably. I remember when it came out. Yeah, yeah. probably re- remember when it came out, played it, and all that other stuff, but. Yeah, it is definitely crazy that he's been voicing Sonic for 10 years now, but fortunately, being let go. Um, and yeah, the Netflix Sonic series was finally officially announced because it was uh, leaked on the Netflix Twitter, I guess, a little too soon before they wanted to announce it. So uh, it is officially called Sonic Prime, uh, and it is going to have 24 episodes, and it is going to be for kids and fans of Sonic. And also, I think they're going to do some like dimensional stuff, like many different versions of Sonic. I forget exactly what it was because the Sonic uh, Twitter was just just like posting like a bunch of pictures with like a bunch of different Sonics in it from like the Archie series and I was like is that what the Sonic Prime thing is gonna be like just like Spider-Verse but with Sonic I don't know (laughs) um but yeah it is definitely interesting and very fun to see another Sonic show happen because I think that when it comes to Uh, video game character sonic is definitely the easiest one when it comes to like tv shows and he's been doing it for like many years now you know ever since uh, sonic saturday am and you know sonic x and now uh sonic boom and with prime so and i'm pretty sure boom ended a while ago but sonic prime is the newest one that they are working on which is very interesting
1: yeah and hopefully it's good i mean i I don't really watch the only sonic thing i like tv show i watch was sonic x Mm -hmm. so like that that was it and as a kid you know obviously now when you watch it's like oh (laughs) <laughs> but, um, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I heard Sonic Boom was actually kind of fun. But the TV series, anyway, you know. Yeah. The <laughs> you know, the TV series, I've I seen clips of it. It's pretty funny. But, um,. You know, hopefully Sonic Prime. Maybe we could get like I don't know if it's just gonna be like the same design for Sonic. I don't know if it's gonna be like a new design. I don't know. I know people again. I was there when everyone's really upset about a Sonic Boom design. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna do that again. I don't know if they're gonna be more just like just this is just Sonic like we know him. But um, mm-hmm. it's gonna be gonna be exciting. Pro- this is probably gonna be a a big year for Sonic maybe uh, either this year or next year. Um, I, I anticipate probably the next announcement for the next Sonic game this year hopefully. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, I'm not too sure. So. uh yeah, so so definitely definitely Sonic team is doing stuff, so that's cool. Mm. <laughs> Sega, I, guess.
0: I think uh next year Sonic's thirtieth anniversary or something. Oh, like okay. That. Or, or it might do that. Or maybe it's this year, I forget. Sonic came out in nineteen ninety one, right? Uh, I believe I so. Think. So yeah. yeah. It should be this year, then this upcoming June is going to be his 30th anniversary, so they probably have some stuff planned uh there's probably going to be a new Sonic game by the end of the year, who knows, uh but yeah, it's definitely an exciting time to be a Sonic fan, if you will
1: <laughs> or, or it could be bad you know, <laughs> how, how, how it works it you, could you know. be
0: bad, you know, Sonic forces wasn't all that good, but Sonic media saved it a little bit, but not really. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's you know Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our next and last news story is Ryan Kool- 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 Koolinger?
0: Coo Coogler
1: Cool Coogler. Okay, it's like it's like, yeah. it's like Cooper but Coogler. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's gonna be uh, developing the Wakanda Disney Plus series, and he was the guy who did a uh, Black Panther, right? He yes, did sir. The, uh, yeah so he's obviously- also so working yeah, on just- the sequel. So. Yeah, yeah it, may, it makes sense that he's doing the Wakanda Disney Plus series. I think uh, just to confirm that he is doing it, then, yeah, he is doing it. Um, you know, I think a Wakanda Disney Plus series is going to be very interesting. Same thing with Black Panther, too. It's um, going to be interesting to see what direction they're going to be going. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited for that. I think Wakanda has a lot of, like, rich characters, you know, uh, the, like uh, – Everyone else in Wakanda, there's a lot of people in Wakanda. So I just Mm -hmm. think the technology is really cool. There's a lot of cool things you do with a Disney Plus series. it's going to be interesting to see how that connects to all the other uh, MCU, like, Phase uh, Mm 4, I guess we're in. So, yeah, this is going to be very interesting to see, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely going to be interesting just because i think that marvel is throwing a lot at ryan kugler uh, in terms of like projects because obviously he's developing By panther 2 and now he also has his disney plus series and also uh marvel has tasked him to work on other uh shows within like the disney sphere i guess so it could be on an abc or whatever the hell they're doing so um yeah it's definitely going to be on uh he definitely has a lot on his plate i will say so but, yeah, it is definitely very exciting for them to task him with more because I think that, uh, you know, the success of Black Panther 1 is obviously insane with how much it did at the box office and how much people love that movie. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely fun to see that he is working on more stuff with Marvel. Hell, yeah. All right, so let's get into our recent activities. Uh, I think I will let you go first. Uh, okay. Then we'll just go from there.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, I finally finished Final Fantasy Eight. And yeah, it was all right. <laughs> <I> was thinking, <laughs> Hi. Hi. So I uh, finally finished it. Uh, basically, everything I want to say, I said last podcast. So if you're really interested in me going in depth there, you could you could watch that one. Uh, basically, the ending is kind of what I expected. It kind of ended in a nice happy note. You know, 7 kind of ended kind of weird. It was very, like, ambiguous, like, what happened. Uh, this one was a lot more straightforward. And yeah, I, I thought it was fine. Like, I-, I could definitely see why people think this is the weakest Final Fantasy game. Uh, I don't think it is. Like, there's this, a lot of parts I do like about it, but I think the negatives kind of weigh it down a lot more. Like, if I were were to give it a score, it would probably be, like, a 7, maybe a 6, depending <laughs> on how I feel. Um, and I, and I think the thing that really kills it for me is the combat. Like, the combat, I think they had it so right in 7, and then this game, just with the level scaling and, like, just you don't really have to fight anything, really kills it. Like, I just didn't find the battles fun at all. Which is, you know, when you're making a JRPG, I think, like, the battle system is almost as important as the story. You know, I think the story takes a little more precedent, but the, um, making a good combat system is also, like, like very important since you're gonna be doing that like 50% of the time probably more. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, you know, I think it had a lot of cool ideas. Um, you know, pretty ahead of its time for what it wanted to do. I just think it kind of missed the mark, and I think games in the future made use of its systems way better than this game did. But um, you know, for what it was, it was really good. Like graphics-wise, for a PS1 game, it looks like fantastic compared to Seven. Uh, all the FMVs they had, you could tell they Got a lot of money after seven, so they, they had a lot of like really nice CG cutscenes that were really good to see. Um, music was still fantastic, but um yeah, the, the story was kind of just okay, and the combat I think was just bad. So it kind of leads to something that's just just a little mediocre. Like I- I'll say, play it once if you're a fan of Final Fantasy and want to play every single one, like I'm trying to do. But if you're like really not too sure, I'll say just skip it honestly. Like I don't really think you're missing too much. Um, But yeah, I'm glad I played it just to experience it, but I probably won't be coming back to it anytime soon. Um, So I've also been playing Dead Cells. Uh, If you don't know what Dead Cells is, it's a 2D roguelite that came out quite a while ago. It came out like 2018, I think, when it actually came out. And I played it when it was in early access and really liked it. But um, just like with Like, a lot of early access games i buy. I play maybe, like, 10-something hours of it, stop, and just wait for new content. And then I kind of just forget about it. So, um, they released a new DLC, I think, uh, like, uh, two weeks ago or something. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? Let me play Dead Cells. I only beat it once. Like, I beat the king or whatever. No, the king's hand Once. So I have been in the game before, but of that anyone that's played this game, you know that's not like the real end game. Like every time you beat the boss, you get like a boss cell, and then you can make the game harder and harder and harder. I haven't done it up to five because I I've only gotten one. But um, <laughs> you know, playing it again, it's been really fun. Uh, usually I'm not like again. My favorite roguelites are the isometric ones, you know, Isaac, Gungeon, Hades. Those are all fantastic to me. Um, you know, any other type of roguelite, I kind of bounce off a little harder off because I don't know why. I just I just like the isometric bullet helly type ones more. Mm -hmm. uh but i think they've added so many different collectibles and weapons that it makes the game feel very refreshing to play like there's so many things to unlock so many things to experience and i think that's what the game was kind of lacking when it was in early access obviously because it didn't have all that stuff um and there's just so many different routes to go through like no run could feel the same because you're like oh i want to go to this area or this area because so many areas branch off each other and i really love when roguelites do that you know i think isaac does that really well um and, like, I think that's the thing Hades is missing, like I've mentioned before, like, just branching pathways to make uh, runs different, uh, and I, I just love seeing it. So, um, yeah, I think Dead Cells is definitely worth getting into if you haven't played it before, or if you have played it before in early access, or when it first came out, i definitely say it's, it's worthy to come back to because there's just so much new content, and uh, I'm having a good time with it again. Um, Attack on Titan? um you know i just feel pain i won't say anything <laughs> but i just feel pain that, that's all that's all i feel it's really good you know uh-huh. it's not pain and like, pain in the way that the show is bad i just feel pain and that's yeah. all i'm gonna say <laughs> um it's really good though I, i'm really enjoying it uh it's fantastic uh it's great uh, uh my oh yeah. yeah you want to say something yeah yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> I'll
0: say, say some stuff real quick you know no spoilers yeah. for attack and tie in the final season you know it's been good so far really really good um you know the first obviously is prior to the season we talked about before you know building up to where we are now and it's still really fucking good so if you haven't watched any attack on Titan and you s- managed to avoid any spoilers on twitter get on that shit because attack on Titan from season one and going forward like it's just bangers like it may not be like consistent bangers but like once you get there it's good so
1: yeah yeah. i mean there's a reason why it's still i think my favorite anime i mean obviously i'm going to wait until it's done Mm -hmm. uh but it's still like it's still up there (laughs) it's still number one for me um and each episode of uh the final season has been really great so far so I'm, i'm very happy to see it not dropping the ball yet i know again some people don't like the how the titans animated i think it's okay you know obviously i would like it if they were td but you know nothing you could do about it now and i think i think it works okay yeah um and I finally finished for my Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, you know, I took a pretty big break from it. Uh, after it got to the halfway point, because you know the PS5 came out and I was uh, busy with school, so I was not able to really like catch up with the rest of it. But finally, I watched all of it, and I have to say, it's very good, and I can see why people love it so much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the majority of the show is really good. You know, I probably worth given like an 8.5. You know, I-, I was really liking it. Uh, World building was really good. Uh, and I really liked the characters. You know, there was a lot going on. I just think it was kind of lacking a little bit of a punch. You know, there was some cool fight scenes. You know, like, uh, but and, you know, I'm not like a monkey brain where I need fights. Every episode, obviously, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, I, I definitely think that it was kind of lacking some of that. Sometimes, again, I'm not saying there were, weren't any, but you know, I felt it was just lacking a little bit of the punch. Uh, but the last arc is amazing. I love the last arc; is mm-hmm. so good. Uh, all the build up and all the all the things has been leading up to really pays off towards those like last 15 something episodes, and it comes off like every episode in that final arc is just is just amazing. Like, you know, you get to see all the fights you want to see. You know, all the plot points get resolved. It, it's just it's just fantastic. I I I could definitely see why people like it as much as they do after seeing like that final arc because everything like everything has a payoff and it's fantastic you know the animation is fantastic the fights are fantastic it's just really good um and yeah i i definitely would recommend it to like anyone that wants to watch like a good anime Cause, you know i i it's a really good like sort of like entryway anime too because mm-hmm. like it's not too like you know to weeb i guess you know yeah. it's like it's just a good like adventure show with like a lot of fighting and stuff so um yeah uh, I, I would definitely recommend it if you're not too into anime but want to get started i think this is a great one to start on and uh and even if you've never watched it before just just watch it i can understand why people rate it so highly and i think it'll be up there for me too if i if i were to rate my animes at least like at least top five maybe mm-hmm. i don't know i i, I wouldn't wait for it to like sort of like calm down in my mind a bit but yeah de- definitely really good
0: yeah And sort of my thoughts on Full Metal Outcomes Brother. I haven't finished it yet. I'm on like episode 59, 60 or whatever. So I'm literally on like the last four or five episodes. Um, but yeah, I share a lot of the same sentiments that Damien has shared with us. Uh, yeah, it's really good. I think that when it comes to shonen, like this is definitely one that a lot of people could go and get into sort of instantly, uh, as to like newcomers of anime, which is why a, a lot of, I guess, normies watch this because it's on Netflix yeah. and like, it's kind of easy to watch because, uh, once you like get to know like what the world's about and like how the alchemy powers work and everything like that. Uh, It does like build upon that and it does get really good. Uh, and there is not a lot of characters like in hunter hunter like hunter hunter has like so many fucking characters i can't even name them all if i'm gonna be honest like i know obviously like the main cast but like i don't know like a lot of like the side characters but within this show like i can somewhat familiarize myself with the side characters um and sort of like oh okay that's uh you know that guy that's this guy whatever you know (laughs) like i'm still like kind of bad with like character names in general just because you know if they're not like the main sort of people like i don't view them as like as important which is probably bad um but that's just how i watch my anime i guess i'm a little bit of a monkey brain in that aspect (laughs) but yeah full metal outcomes brotherhood uh like you said the last 15 episodes everything that it's been leading up to has been really really good so far um i think the reason why i really like this show and the reason why i was like super into it when i was first watching it is because of these sort of like reveals in the story of like the the uh, history with the Elric brothers and the twist and turns that this show likes to take and just like not hold any punches like what sometimes people just fucking die and i'm just like what the (laughs) hell just happened like that was just like that just happened instantly but like that's just how life is you know like people can just go like that which is unfortunate uh but that's just the, the reality of things and full metal alchemist brotherhood is really really good i think that I can see why a lot of people love it so much and why it's their 10 out of 10. It's probably, like, their first anime, to be honest, if it is their 10 out of 10. Not to, like, yeah. call call anyone out, but, like, in my opinion, I think that right now where I am, uh haven't finished all of it yet, but uh, I, I'm definitely feeling, like, a strong 8, maybe a light 9. I'm not entirely sure, depending on how the last couple of, of episodes go, but it's definitely, like, reasons why people love this show so much, so...
1: Yeah. Uh I agree with you there. I I probably I right said I think I'll probably give it like a 9. Yeah, I will probably give it like a 9 after watching <laughs> all of it. I I really enjoyed it.
0: All right, uh my other activities I've been playing a lot of Teamfight Tactics. So uh you know i'm not much of a league player anymore you know but i still like to use my brain and sort of you know interact with the league of legends characters so T- tft is the perfect game uh and you know uh, me and kofi and my brother tevin we all just play rank and just like not give a shit about like lp or whatever because we're not that try hard about it but like if, if we're gonna play it there might as well be some stakes there you know what i'm saying um, so you know we're just like playing it having fun uh, I normally obviously go brawlers because that's just the fucking player I am I like you know my big tanky boys and just like doing damage uh, but there are some games where I you know deviate because the game gave me a chosen Callista, which if you guys don't know what that is it's pretty much like a, t- a, a two star unit like instantly but it also has a extra attribute to it um, so yeah you know when I get stuff like that I try to you know win streak off that etc etc it's fun if you played TFT before I think that this set is not that bad Uh, my only problem with the set is that like once you hit top four you're like fucking blessed because sometimes it feels like people just have like these really cracked and really insane comps that you just like fucking die and like even when i am in top four i'm not satisfied because i still have yet to win a game my brother on like his first or second game he won and i was like what the fuck like no way right (laughs) like he just had like this insane comp or whatever which like i think might be a problem i'm not entirely sure i'm not like you know a fucking tft analyst but whenever i hit top four i'm like all right like who who's who's gonna fucking one shot me because like it really wasn't like that before i felt within like other tft sets like when you would like hit top four you would have like maybe like two to three units on the board left but like when i'm getting wrecked and i'm top four people are like wiping out like most of my team and they still have like half their units alive or whatever which is like kind of crazy because i'm like that didn't happen before i think but that could also just be me complaining or whatever but i'm still having fun with it it's a nice game to sort of like relax to and just like you know play music or whatever just chill with the boys at night um been reading some manga so oh maidens in your savage season this was the anime slash manga that i talked about a couple of episodes ago maybe not a couple but a long time ago it is the anime about these girls in a literature club who are going through puberty it is funny it is hilarious it is very heartfelt um and even as a guy watching it uh watching that anime on a high dive was very fun because you know just seeing these awkward ass moments of you know them just discovering what sex is and like masturbating and all of this other fucking mumbo jumbo was just <laughs> it was really funny honestly it it, it it is a very funny anime in the sense that you know like rent a girlfriend is funny within that aspect but less lewd like very very much less lewd uh, but a lot more grounded and a lot more realistic and sort of like what their character what the characters are so like it's a ensemble cast so there are uh, a bunch of different girls that you follow and they uh, all take their you know have like certain points within each episode where like they focus on them uh and the manga, you know, it's obviously, like, the source material. And I thought the manga was going to tell more than the anime because I thought the anime got cut off at a certain point. But it's actually just the same fucking shit. So I kind of spent, like, $60 buying the manga for no reason. But I enjoyed reading it. I'm going to be honest. I still enjoyed reading it and just, like... Uh, because, you know, like, when you would... when supposedly you know like when you go to bed you're not supposed to like be on your phone or whatever but obviously everyone fucking does it so right what i've been trying to do is like read like manga before i go to bed and then you know if i need to like have something to go to sleep to i put on like a podcast and like don't look at the screen or whatever um so yeah i've been reading oh maidens and i've literally read all of it i didn't expect myself to read all of it because the books are kind of thick but most of the pages are just like uh stop <laughs> most of the fucking pages are uh, pictures so like they like not like a lot of text there um but yeah you know i've read it and i had a good time with it you know just like seeing the moments that would happen in the anime again but just in the original source material and sort of on how all of that played out you know there are still some uncomfortable moments some hilarious moments i still laughed at too but yeah it is definitely uh if i had to say which one you had to read or which one to watch i would definitely watch oh man, in your savage season if you can because it is only available on high dive and not crunchyroll unfortunately um it's just a very funny and very uh good anime if you want to see a bunch of girls go through puberty and just see on how that shit plays out because and even even the guys in the show like they have no idea what the fuck they're doing either so it is Funny watching them and and how they interact with all of the girls and they're all different. Like they all have their own storyline and uh, there's sort of arc, if you will. So, uh, the other manga that I started reading before I would go to bed is the My Hero manga. So I started at volume twenty because that's where. Uh, the anime sort of ended uh, last season for season four. I'm still reading on like the uh, season four material but just to like, I guess, recap myself in terms of like what happened and stuff, because it's been a long time since season four has come out. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's still my hero. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to go in and get through that and talk more about it next podcast. But My Hero Vigilantes, I don't think I need to say much about it, just because I've reiterated that it is just a My Hero spinoff series with Vigilantes, and if that sounds interesting to you, it is fun. It is just, you know, like with My Hero, the anime, but just with the Vigilantes aspect, and it's in a manga, so... Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much everything. So let's get into WandaVision. So we're going to be talking about spoilers because this is available on a streaming platform. So uh, if you haven't watched episodes four and five, uh, you should check those out. I think that WandaVision is really good. Uh, Is there anything you want to say before we get into spoilers, Damien?
1: No, just besides, yeah, it's, it's really good. And, you know, if you're that's kind of a spoiler. I, just watch it it's really good.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. If yeah. you if you watch Marvel movies just watch this. It's really good, honestly. So All right, so let's start with uh episode 4 which uh they pretty much like uh break down the whole uh what's it called? The uh the uh, blip uh, or whatever. Yeah, the blip. So I thought the way they handled it was, like, super fucking good. I think that episode four is probably my favorite episode of of WandaVision so far, just because they were able to handle the blip aspect and sort of give uh, Monica more development uh, as a character because, you know, we obviously know that, like, she's a foreigner within Wanda's world, which is, like, now we know everything about, like, what's going on, especially after episode five. Um yeah i think that episode four really fleshing out the i guess real world outside of this sort of like sitcom sort of sphere is has been very good
1: <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was really good like, you know i like whenever they like sort of like go into like the blip and stuff even mm-hmm. though know, the name is still kind of dumb but whatever you yeah know, i think i think it's just very interesting because obviously the people that got snapped didn't know like oh what the hell just happened like oh like oh it's just like five years later or whatever how long it was i forgot um yeah and I just, it's just interesting to see how would everyone react and how the person that got snapped would react and it's just really interesting to see you know obviously um in that example in that episode you know she wants to or she was with her mom and then like you know she died of cancer because she she got snapped but she didn't you know what i mean so or yeah. you know yeah, so I, I just thought that was very interesting to see how, how they handled the blip and uh, how well it was handled as well. And of course, it was really cool to see what's happening outside of the TV show as well, you know, because, you know, obviously we all knew something was wrong <laughs> when we were, <laughs> you know, with uh, WandaVision. So it's pretty cool to see um see what's actually going on. And, you know, it's like there's a whole thing where I guess uh, Wanda took control of a whole like little town in New Jersey, uh, which mm-hmm. is West Westview, I think it's called. Yes, yeah? Westview. So, um, so, yeah, it's very interesting to see how that, you know, obviously we don't know yet, but, like, how she was able to take control of this whole town and all these people so she could, like, just sort of make her own little bubble in reality so she could just sort of live her perfect life. I think that's that's pretty neat to see it from an outside view, you know, outside of, like, the television show, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And the way that they like mess with like the aspect ratio w- within yeah. episode four and five, just to like, you know, give us like that extra layer to be like, all right, so this is clearly in the, you know, outside of Westview. And now we are in the sort of TV show sphere Um, it is obviously very fun for them to do. It, you know, like like I said previously, like they are doing things that they can't do within an actual movie format. So I like that they are messing with the TV format in that aspect as well. Um, But yeah, I'm very much liking Monica and all of the other characters that are not, you know, just Wanda and Vision because I think that what they're trying to figure out and what they're trying to uncover with, you know, Wanda's sort of, I guess, little reality that she created here is has been very interesting like we said
1: <laughs> yeah and there's some uh some characters from some other um marvel like movies like that girl was from uh thor right like the smart girl
0: yeah with, like, mm-hmm. the, nerdy girl. the yeah. Uh, smart girl yep i'm definitely simping over her just uh <laughs> just putting that out there
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah her and i think i didn't i didn't watch ant-man and the wasp but the other dude the asian oh yeah guy yeah the asian was, guy uh... uh
0: yeah he is he is in uh ant-man one and two i think oh was um, he in one? okay i can't remember actually maybe not one maybe i'm trolling but he was definitely in ant-man 2 um and yeah he's uh he's a great actor i love him so <laughs> yeah.
1: So obviously they bring some good like uh comic relief because you know they're goofy boys and girls but
0: um, <laughs> and, but they also explain what, what's really
1: going on like obviously the uh the whole town is basically taken hostage um you know like all the people that appear on the tv show are residents of of westview as they figure out in episode four Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to think what else happened in episode four uh like obviously when they when you send things in they will like sort of like transform into like whatever wanda wants it to transform into Mm -hmm. um so that's why uh uh, um what's monica right she's like her outfit changed to like sort of fit the theme of the show Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing when they sent like the drones in and returns like little like toy drones or whatever so i thought i thought that was pretty neat to see how like how powerful uh wanda really is like she's able to just bend reality to how she wants it to be and that's pretty scary so uh,
0: yeah they definitely def- setting up
1: for oh yeah go on
0: yeah no, no no i definitely like this like dynamic of like them turning wanda into like the actual antagonist for this yeah series. that's what
1: i was about to say yeah yeah
0: Mm-hmm. yeah definitely very cool because you know i think that this is the first time in the mcu where we see the protagonist become the antagonist so sort of thing
1: <laughs> yeah and i think they're doing it in a smart way where it's not like you know it's more just her own like grief that's really doing it obviously she's mm-hmm. really upset that vision you know died from thanos so it's like her way of coping is just taking a whole town hostage and making sure like and you know having vision there just to be like happy so Mm -hmm. i I thought i think that's a really neat way to like make her an antagonist but you know obviously you feel sorry for her because you know she like lost like vision and stuff Um, yeah and i guess we could just talk about the next episode
0: um i mean we learned one last thing One yeah. last thing I want to say is that, uh, you know, episode four, just like sort of giving us the timeline of like how everything like was figured out and giving us uh, context into like that one scene, I think in episode two, where it was like, Wanda, can you hear me Wanda? And oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- you yeah. know, like giving us all of that stuff, I think was very cool on top of seeing on how the blip and all that stuff happened. So another reason why episode four is definitely my favorite so far.
1: <laughs> yeah, same thing with like with the the beekeeper guy wasn't really a beekeeper guy you know he was like trying to go in under the tunnel but you know his sort of like rad suit or whatever he was wearing just turned (laughs) into like the like the beekeeper thing so i also thought it was pretty interesting um also when uh wanda just blast (laughs) um oh my god the (laughs) thing oh my god (laughs) she like yeah punched the crap out of her like yeah Mm -hmm. that was pretty cool as well
0: she's definitely trying to keep this reality intact so
1: yeah, so in the next episode, you know, we learned that I think that vision, you know, that that's basically his dead body. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. she's, like, reanimating at this point. You know, obviously they showed it in episode four when it showed, like, a zombie vision for, like, a second, uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of creepy. Uh, but in this episode, we learned that Wanda kind of just broke into the sword's, like, facility and just, like, I'm taking his body. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> there you go. So I guess she found a way to sort of, like, reanimate him in some weird way. Obviously, he's probably not alive. But Mm -hmm. he's alive enough to have, like, some sort of subconscious since he's of to, uh, you know, kind of gain aware of what's happening in in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, in, like, the WandaVision world. So, I think that's pretty interesting to see.
2: Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, 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 have anything.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think Vision, Vision, this episode has been very, like cool in a way because he's obviously becoming self-aware but also when he uh when he snaps the uh, the other guy that he's working with like out of like whatever the fuck like act that he's pulling he's like bro i need to like you know find my sister and all of this other stuff it's it's only pain i'm like bro this shit's fucked up you know (laughs) like that's kind of crazy and then you know he, he obviously snaps him back just to like not cause any more attention um and uh oh my god when when the uh the uh, twin kids like aged up i was like what the fuck just happened like no way right like they just did that like willingly and then they did it again later for like the uh, dog or whatever yeah um yeah i just found that to be very interesting and like now the neighbors like she's getting in on like everything oh my god that moment when she was like do you want me to like go back from the top or whatever i was like oh yeah. my god no <laughs> this shit get weird dog but i'm i'm all in you know like i'm obviously all in because uh this is just what the show is it is you know obviously a uh marvel show but it is also sort of weird sort of mysterious um and yeah that like there were definitely a lot of moments within the first part of this episode that i was just like i am i'm all in so
1: yeah, I I feel the exact same way. Like I think the creepiness factor is really high right now. You know, the the mystery of what's going on. Like obviously we know again, like I said, Iwana's probably just doing this because she's very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it's very interesting to see like sort of Vision have like basically fights with her. Also, like I think I thought Vision like like acting was like really good. You know, I've never really yes. been a huge fan of Vision. You know, cause I don't think he really gets a lot of uh screen time. But I think I thought he did a really good job being like sort of really confused since um. He he doesn't even know how he like you know how he died or how he got there. He doesn't even know if he's dead. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting to see and how Wanda is gonna have to sort of come into acceptance that he's like dead. So they're probably mm-hmm. gonna do that in a very sad way, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, uh, if anything, this is just um like I guess like a metaphor for her like for acceptance i guess like right now she's just like in denial about everything and she wants to have this whole happy world but she has to come to acceptance that vision is dead and also as we see at the end that quicksilver is there oh my god quicksilver (laughs) like apparently he is the quicksilver from From the the fox Fox. yeah from the fox show so that's really weird um I don't know if that's some weird thing with like like multiverse multiverse, or... multiverse shit <laughs> or like whatever that's going to be very interesting. And if that is the case, uh that would make a lot more sense if Spider-Man 3 is going to deal with all the different Spider-Men cuz multiverse and it can explain that, you know, they can explain the different actors as just like different ver- uh, you know universes of Spider-Man. So um yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, you know. Obviously um you know um when she like like fights sword when she gets out of her little thing when she destroys the drone and like makes the whole like hex thing red is like very uh ominous mm-hmm. so um and um also oh, they, they didn't call her scarlet witch yet so it's probably she's probably gonna get that nickname yeah. by the end of this uh by this series so that's very cool as yeah well.
0: i think uh that was like a news headline that they were gonna use the term scarlet witch at some point within this series which is gonna be very cool because it they were like, "Does uh, does uh, Wanda Maximoff have like a a you know like code name or whatever?" And, and I was like, "Oh shit, wait, they actually haven't used that yet." Um But yeah, when oh my god, that scene with the uh, dead dog and like she was like, "You can't like reverse death and shit." I'm like, the fucking irony here is kind of insane, you know? <laughs> yeah, th- I think
1: I think that's the point. Like, she's supposed to be like, you know, she's telling the boys that like, hey like don't reverse, reverse death you gotta accept it but then obviously she's not accepting anything not even her own reality mm-hmm. so i think that's that was pretty interesting is also um what's her face uh geraldine's very sus or whatever her name not geraldine uh what's her name agnes mm. agnes right yeah yeah, she's like the neighbor. Super sus. <laughs> yeah the neighbor's like super sus because she's like she like doesn't care when they use power i don't know if that's part of her of wanda's script or if she's different somehow but she's acting mad sus i don't trust her either so um
0: yeah, yeah, maybe, that's gonna be interesting. Maybe she snapped out of it like sooner than Wanda even knows about, which is yeah. gonna be kind of crazy if you know. However, this plays out because I think this series has nine episodes in total or whatever, so they have four more to work with. So there is definitely a lot to happen here. And going back to Quicksilver, so like that moment, I, I, you know, like there was a, a news headline about uh, what's it called, um, the the goddamn Wanda actress. I forget her name. Uh,
1: oh, uh, the Olsen, Elizabeth something Olsen. She's
0: Olson. Yeah, Olsen. Like, yeah, yeah, she is an Olsen, um, but she said something along the lines of like, uh, WandaVision will have a sort of like Luke Skywalker equivalent cameo, which I guess she knew that, that it was going to be this week. So, um yeah, I definitely expected uh the original Quicksilver, you know, uh Aaron Taylor Johnson or whatever his name is, just because, you know, that's my boy. He played Kick Ash, you know, I think that he is a great actor, but I guess they want to do more multiverse stuff, so they brought in Evan Peters who did the Fox movies. Uh so yeah, it is definitely going to be very fun to watch episode six because you know now he's alive apparently which is kind of weird um and you know she still has the twins uh boys running around and stuff like that so and then we also have the other factor with the everyone on the outside so trying to figure out how to save these people from wanda's clutches um so yeah and obviously with vision um figuring out and sort of having a conscious of his own being like what the fuck's going on here wanda like i don't even remember my life uh you know before westview or whatever which yeah there's there's a lot here and i think that uh they're probably going to do a very good job sort of wrapping it up uh within the next four episodes or however many are left so
1: you guys <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry i like knocked my head <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see um to see what they do how they solve this mystery and to see like what what's going like that quicksilver just like drop of like like hey he's just like He's here's Quicksilver, but it's not our Quicksilver. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> so it's gonna be very interesting to see what direction they're going. It definitely seems like the MCU is definitely going in a weirder direction, which I really like. You know, mm-hmm. obviously with the Doctor Strange movie and again Spider-Man, it's gonna be very very interesting to see how to deal with the multiverse stuff and like how how far that's gonna affect uh the MCU at this point, since it seems to be a pretty big deal now. So um I'm very much looking forward to see how this series ends and how it affects the uh the MCU as a whole, since I, I'm very much enjoying this series. And it's uh, a good a good first impressions of how Marvel is gonna deal with like TV shows uh, for their characters. So yeah, I'm I'm very much in and I'm very much liking it. So yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just one last thing. When uh, when the uh, doctor, like, when she was, like, they recasted Quicksilver. I was, like, no fucking way she just said that. Like, that is yeah, crazy. Yeah, we, we, recast, we recast Quicksilver. I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, that's it's kind of fourth wall breaking. But also she's, like, aware of, like, who Quicksilver is in her universe or whatever. So, but, yeah, WandaVision is very, very good. So anything else yeah. you'd like to add? Um, No, I think that's everything. All right. So, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Travis and Damien podcast. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode.
1: See ya.